0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend, the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and, of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and little league practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end. With Schnebli and Toth.
2: It's episode sixty-four of The Shallow End with Schnebli and Toth. Um, Is it sixty-four or sixty-five? I think well geez, did I did I misspeak? You know what? <laughs> it's episode sixty-five of The Shallow End with Schnebli and Toth. I was a week behind. I'm gonna blame air travel, JG. It's jet lag. I'm coming to you from the swanky uh, Stillwater, Minnesota studios mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the shallow end. I don't think people realize it, but we have studios all over the world. It's an international conglomerate. So this week I'm recording from our Stillwater, Minnesota studios. And uh, I came here uh, last week with my wife, who is from the Twin Cities, and we went to the Minnesota State Fair, which I had heard for many years is one of the biggest state fairs in the country, and indeed, I was bowled over by just how big this is. It's like over a hundred thousand people Whoa. a day. It's absolutely nuts. Do they
3: have stuff like fried Oreos and things like that? Because I'm in,
2: buddy. The amount of fried food, fried every <laughs> picture, anything, and they will fry it. What about a Nike sneaker? If I had stayed longer, I probably could have found a deep-fried <laughs> Nike, probably several. Here's the Air Jordan model. Here's the LeBron James model. <laughs> uh, sure. yeah. Everywhere you look, there's every different kind of fair food you can think of. So about halfway through the afternoon, I looked up and realized that we were at the cream puff hut. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, I loves me a good cream puff. I think a vanilla cream puff would be just just the thing for a man's hunger at 3.30 in the afternoon. And,
3: and let me just point out, too, that a cream puff never tastes better than when consumed in a hut.
2: <laughs> or directly outside their Yes. So that's a, it's a bit of a line. It was maybe a five-minute wait. You know, I'm, I'm going to say there were 10, 12 people in front of us, and the line is slowly snaking up to the, to the counter. And there's a guy by himself in, in front of Nancy and me. And you know what you're, you're going to get. I mean, there's a giant menu board that says, menu, colon, cream puffs. (laughs) And then underneath that, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Uh. So it's a rather limited menu, but it's a very specific menu. And you've got minutes and minutes to stare at the words, (laughs) cream puffs, Uh chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. But sure enough, there's a shallow end moment in all of our lives and this guy in front of us now gets up to the counter and he looks up at the sign and finally goes ah boy i don't know <laughs> and i thought you got to be freaking kidding me dude it's not it's not a difficult choice mm-mm, it's mm-mm. chocolate vanilla or strawberry and so uh, even the guy behind the cash register sort of rolled his eyes <laughs> at me like what about the menu is not clear yeah, here. Yeah.
3: Did he end up ordering a hot dog?
2: <laughs> he, <laughs> he probably, I think he wanted a, a deep fried Nike tennis <laughs> okay. shoe. Okay, all right. Therein lay all the, uh, the confusion mm-hmm. and, and chaos. Mm-hmm. But I was very proud because I ordered my vanilla cream puff and was away from the counter in about 10.3 seconds, and I muttered to Nancy under my breath, now that's how you order a freaking cream puff. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like the Soup Nazi episode from Seinfeld. Exactly. (laughs) You know what you want when you get up there or, or you're doomed. Place your order and step aside. Anyway, I think uh, let's are you are you going first today? I think so. I believe you do. Yeah now, as
3: we have determined this uh, many times, I'm in Ecuador. so I thought it would be interesting to scour some of the South American news sites to see if I could find anything in this part of the world that would qualify as a shallow end moment. And guess what, my friend? I was successful. It
2: worked? It did. <laughs> because this is the beauty of the shallow end situation. It, uh, it knows no borders nor boundaries. Truly an international phenomenon. Every country has, has its share of shallow enders. I can't wait to hear yours. It takes place in Swatcha, Colombia. What a great
3: name. It's spelled S-O-A-C-H-A, Swatcha. Swatcha. Swatcha, Colombia. It's a lively enclave nestled in the heart of Colombia, with its bustling marketplaces filled with the vibrant colors of fresh produce, fervent merchants haggling with the same passion that they reserve for their football matches, and the ever present hum of life in all its unscripted glory. But we're going to sprinkle in a little zest to this already flavorful mix. Enter, oh, I love this. stage left, if you will, our two, well, innovative patrol officers. These two were aspiring for a bit more than just being a police officer. They had an entrepreneurial flair to them. Now, Hollywood's crime dramas, with their rehearsed lines and predictable plots, pale in comparison to what happens here. The real drama the unscripted kind with misguided ingenuity, is about to unfold right before our eyes in this quaint little town. Of Swatcha. Of Swatcha. Imagine, if you will, a leisurely walk down Swatcha's cobblestone, sun-kissed lanes and picture vibrant stalls overflowing with nature's bounty plump tomatoes, ripe avocados, perhaps... You know, a sneaky kid trying to grab a grape or two from a nearby vendor. And, of course, the intoxicating aroma of freshly brewed Colombian coffee. Delicious. Now, as you meander, you can't help but get lost amidst the gleam of handcrafted trinkets and the whispered secrets of age-old recipes that have been passed down for generations. But amidst this idyllic setting, here's the plot twist. I'm ready for it. Enter our protagonists. Plural. Plural or should we say the market's self-appointed tax collectors? These two local police oh, okay. officers, yeah, you see where this is going?
2: I think I, think I get an idea.
3: These officers uh, weren't your average duty-bound police officers, no. These men were filled with ambition, swagger, and a questionable moral compass. <laughs> with a glint in their eyes, the dynamic duo, navigated the throngs approaching various merchants now i wasn't there but i can almost hear their rehearsed gravita in their voices and hey we got a deal for you uh proposition it's a a tantalizing offer for the safety of a vendor uh but the catch of course is that uh, this is not your granddad's protection racket it's been modernized from the um, age-old hustle it's much more 2023 in the world of Netflix and Spotify, our officers have rolled out their premium, platinum, or whatever you want to call it, uh, protection subscription, one neat two million peso payment. it's a lifetime subscription. Oh, okay. Two million pesos. One and done. Yep, one and done. Now the vendor, had been targeted specifically by these officers because he had a criminal record and they knew he didn't want to go back to jail. Of course not. So, But he was still more attuned to the traditional commerce and, and, and less to the nuances of extortion as a service. Uh, he couldn't quite gather the money together. So instead of a courteous pop-up notification or a gentle nudge, he found himself enjoying the cold, uninviting ambience of the local police station. Uh, They took him in. Mm -hmm. Yet, in an unexpected turn of events, these two entrepreneurial officers, perhaps taking a leaf from a salesman's book, gave him a, quote, discounted offer. (laughs) (laughs) A mere 500,000 pesos. So they came down 75%. Oh, that's quite a discount. (laughs) The generosity of it all. Yeah. Yeah. But they underestimated the merchant's resilience. Instead of uh, cowering, he chose to raise his voice against the injustice, uh, risking it all. For while the money they sought would have been a blow to his livelihood, the price of his silence, he felt, would have been greater. So he gathers up his courage and he approaches a different police station and he recounts this tale of extortion of threats masked as favors and also the insidious subscription model that uh, the two police officers had constructed.
2: Yeah, His testimony... Yeah, that's, that's a gutsy thing to do because I think the fir- your first inclination would be, I'm going to report the police to the police, but uh, yeah, I, I can't really imagine that that would end up going too well, but I'm getting ahead of your story.
3: Uh, his testimony did shed light on the uh, two patrolmen but also revealed uh, the depths to which they were willing to sink using their very badges to extort local merchants and take advantage of the fact that uh, they had a criminal record and they knew that they didn't want to go back to jail for anything. So the sun was beginning to cast long shadows over Swatch's marketplace and it bore witness to an unfolding drama that would soon become the stuff of local legend. Mm -hmm. In a carefully orchestrated operation, the police, armed with the merchant's damning testimony, had crafted a plan to catch these rogue officers in the act. Now, the stage was set, and all the players were unwittingly moving toward their cues. At the agreed-upon time, as it approached, the marketplace's usual bustle and hustle took on a heightened tension because many of the merchants had been uh, made privy To what was going to happen. They exchanged subtle glances, their eyes darting to the entrance intermittently. Then, like wolves in sheep's clothing, the two police officers entered the scene clad in their uniforms. I'm sure they felt an invincibility typical of those unaware that their reckoning is nigh. As they approached the designated merchant to collect their ill-gotten gains... The air grew thick with anticipation, and just as the bills were handed over, a shout echoed through the marketplace. Police, stay where you are. But of of course, it was in, you know, Spanish. Right. The patrolmen, with a look of shock on their faces, found themselves ensnared in the very trap they believed they had set for others. (laughs) Now, just when you think you've seen it all, life will throw you a curveball. Isn't that the truth? In the midst of being caught with their hands not only in the cookie jar, but basically the entire bakery, our two protagonists <laughs> faced a dilemma of Shakespearean proportions. Where can I hide this money that I'm holding in my hand? The officer holding the wad of cash thought. I know. I'll swallow it. Oh, no. Oh, no. For the most part, the idea of digesting our mistakes is uh, metaphorical, but for one of these intrepid officers, they took on a very very literal meaning. Perhaps he mistook the crisp bills for the latest diet trend, or perhaps he believed the old wives' tale that money, like celery, has negative calories when consumed. Regardless, (laughs) in a fit of what could only be described as gastronomic depression, down went the evidence. Now, I wonder how that tasted.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking that can't that can't taste at all good. Probably had a little bitter aftertaste
3: of impending doom. <laughs> Here's where it gets funny. The money gets caught in his throat and he begins to choke on it. All the while insisting he's innocent. <laughs> and there's a there's a video of him going <laughs> and then in Spanish insisting that he did nothing wrong. Of course, Indeed, while while most of us have heard tales of money burning holes in our pockets, this was a first money potentially perforating a stomach lining. (laughs) Um, Did he think that this was somehow a substitute for dietary fiber? uh, or, Or was he just trying to support the economy? It's unclear, Linz. So now enter Carlos Manuel Silva, the director of the prosecutor's office. And one can't help but imagine the look on his face when he was presented with this case. Silver revealed that the officers had ingested, or the officer, only one of them did. Right. A 100,000 peso bill and eight additional 50,000 peso bills, totaling one half million pesos, and added, quote, The material with which the bills are made is a strong material and not easily digested. Oh, God. In the dimly lit corners of a medical facility, our our two once proud officers now find themselves trading their shiny badges and patrol car seats for hospital beds and concerned glances from nurses. Gone are the days (laughs) of strutting through the market lanes. They are now eagerly awaiting the doctor's visit, probably wishing for a bout of amnesia or at the very least, some top-notch antacids. It's poetic justice in a sense. For while they dictated terms to so many people in Swatcha, they now find themselves at the mercy of prison menus, which one would wager don't feature crispy peso bills.
2: (laughs) Nor vanilla cream puffs. No,
3: or deep fried (laughs) shoes. And then there's the vendor. The unwilling protagonist of this fiasco. His past may have painted a bullseye on his back, but fate, with its quirky sense of humor ensured, he sat in the audience for the greatest show in town. (laughs) I picture him perhaps with a little smile on his face, observing the poetic comeuppance of uh, the two officers who once tormented him. So next time someone with a glint in their eye declares they're hungry for money, tell them this cautionary tale of Swatcha and their patrolman. (laughs) Because while idioms give flavor to our language, sometimes, just sometimes, it's wise not to chew on them too literally. This story, I found a South American news site called El Espectador.
2: It reminds me of the old Scooby-Doo thing, uh, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you darn kids. And then they pull off a mask and it's always
3: Mr. Jenkins, the caretaker. Exactly. And his name was always Mr. Jenkins. God, that guy couldn't hold a job.
0: Ever gotten tired of the stock voice for your GPS in the car? Take your GPS to the next level with the real voice of actress Jennifer Coolidge. Check this out. Hey Jennifer, what's the fastest way to the post office?
1: Oh, the post office. Really? Um, I never really mail anything. Anywhere. What if you, you know, send her flowers? Uh, Flowers are pretty.
0: Let the soothing voice of Jennifer Coolidge guide you in your travels. Hey, Jennifer, where's the closest bar?
1: Oh, what was the question? Something about a car.
0: No, Jennifer, the the nearest bar. You know, a a tavern?
1: Oh, I could really go for a cocktail uh, right about now.
0: Your directions may no longer make sense, but think of the fun you and Jennifer will have as you drive together. Hey Jennifer, tell me a story.
1: Well, once I was supposed to meet this friend for dinner, but um, I couldn't find my car. So like after an hour, he came and, um, wait, what were we talking about?
0: The Jennifer Coolidge GPS voice, maybe not very accurate, way more entertaining.
1: I really have to pee. Like
0: real bad. Celebrity Voice Impersonated.
2: Our email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com and normally I would would read a listener email at this point but we in all candor got so many over the past few days that I can't figure (laughs) out which one to read today. So i will uh, I will have maybe next week, I will read two after I get a chance to go to go through them. But people have been uh, very, very prolific and productive in sending us emails. And I just wanted to thank everybody for sending in emails, story suggestions, questions, comments, to Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We read every single one. And as I said, this week, there were so many that it was actually um, an embarrassment of riches.
3: (laughs) When you send us so many emails and then you expect (laughs) us to choose just one, it's like asking us to
2: to decide which child of ours is our favorite. Yes, that's exactly it. That's a a great, great analogy.
3: And we do have favorites, but we need a little more time to
1: determine. (laughs)
2: Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com.
1: What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a
2: whole lot of booze?
1: (laughs) You get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast. Hi, I'm Nathan. Deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here.
0: And I'm Gabby.
1: And we are the hosts of
3: History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is
1: just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.
2: You're in the shallow end with Schnapple and Toss. This is an interesting story this week, JG, and I actually debated whether or not to do it but in doing more and more research i thought it was it was a good thing to uh, to call to call out okay and i think you'll see you'll see why in a in a minute when i sort of back into the story i've always been fascinated by well you and i have have, have a shared fascination with world war II. Yes, and with stories and and visiting battlefields and uh, uh, just everything that went into one of the most horrific episodes probably in human history, Uh, and some amazing stories, you know, of of the human spirit and and triumph and and overcoming incredible incredible obstacles, and then obviously some very very dark Mm. uh, stories. That uh, that Im- have emerged as as well. One of those is a very famous story about General Dwight D. Eisenhower um, upon coming into the Ordruf concentration camp in Germany, uh, just behind the soldiers that that liberated it, the Allied Expeditionary Forces in Europe, and he was looking around and completely, understandably overwhelmed by everything that he saw in front of him and reportedly said to somebody or maybe nobody in particular, I want uh, film and still photos taken of everything you see here because someday the day will come when some son of a bitch says this never happened right right and i remember hearing that story as a kid and thinking how could you how could you think how could you think that that didn't happen and mm. lo and behold here we are in 2023 with some very high visibility people claiming the holocaust never happened Um, probably one of the most best known is a a guy named Nick Fuentes, uh, who, you know, has been on, on news for various reasons and actually had his YouTube channel suspended in 2020 for violating YouTube's hate speech policy. But this brings us to, uh, (laughs) one of the, one of the more odd and, uh, and believe it or not, comical stories <laughs> in terms of the shallow end moments. Uh, and it actually happened just a few weeks ago up in the Bay Area. And uh, a shout out to my good pal John Otte for sending me this. And actually, John was the first of several listeners who, who said, hey, this, this would be an interesting story. There is a, uh, an MMA fighter uh Who is Israeli uh, and his name is Natan Levy and Levy has mocked Nick Fuentes, the Holocaust denier, and in fact uh, posted a, uh, uh, a shirtless photo uh, of of himself and, Not surprisingly, Nick Fuentes had, has some followers, people who believe in, in all these things that, that Nick Fuentes has said. This guy, uh, we only know his name as Ben and Ben actually challenged, um, this UFC fighter to a sparring match. (laughs) Now... I, I have you ever? I'm just curious, JG. Have you ever been to a UFC match in person? Not in
3: person, no, no. But yeah. I understand it's You've a,
2: obviously seen it on yeah, TV.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, bodily fluid splatter.
2: It is. Uh, I, I went to one. I, I was shooting a story uh, for a client, and I ended up going going of all places to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, mm. for a UFC match. <laughs> And we had press access, you know, cameras allowed everywhere, backstage, just outside the ring. And it was it was one of the single most brutal things I'd ever seen in my life. Mm. And interviewing these guys, these fighters before and after matches, uh, seeing them the next morning, you know, barely able to walk out of the hotel lobby to, to make their to make their flight back to wherever. It's just I can't even describe what it's like to to witness these these guys go at it, you know, in the octagon. So amazingly, Ben, uh, who apparently never provided his his last name, <laughs> um, ch- challenged <laughs> Mister Levy to a cage match, and said, "I think we should square off in the octagon." Quote. On behalf of Nicholas J. Fuentes and America First. And Levy actually didn't think Ben was very serious about it, because if you know anything about these about these guys, I mean they are they are beasts. Yeah. They are stronger than sin and and they they could literally beat you to death with their with their bare hands. But Ben was apparently serious about this. You know, I I actually, I misspoke when I said this, this took place in the Bay Area. It took, it took place in Las Vegas. And uh, so so, uh, Natan Levy says to Ben, Hey, listen, I I think you're going to get your ass kicked, but uh, you know, yeah, you want to come here? You can, you can sign some paperwork and, uh, and we'll go at it. Well, much to his surprise, Ben was serious about it. They they keep exchanging texts back and forth, and just two days later, Ben arrives at the Extreme Quatre gym in Vegas, and he signed all the paperwork. You know, waiving uh, any any damage, uh, any any injuries, and I'm I'm doing this on my own, and uh, and I'm not being forced into it, and I fully accept the fact that there is a huge physical risk to this to this thing so um he says uh, ben said i saw one of uh, natan levy's posts on twitter it was critical of somebody who associates himself with america first and the political values that i felt that i value as a defender of that this is ben and a former martial arts experienced trained person myself i just thought it would be fun to come and spar mm-hmm. so hmm <laughs> So before the two st- even step inside the octagon, Levy, the fighter, asks Ben why he was supposedly, quote, talking S about the Jews on Twitter, unquote. He also confronts Ben about Ben's allegiance to Nick Fuentes. Mm. Ben says, quote, I think because what he says is right. So... Levy, the fighter, is quick to point out that Fuentes adamantly denies the Holocaust, and Ben stands firm and says, "Well, I actually think he's more of a revisionist," <laughs> which I thought was an, an interesting way to to say to say, you know, you're a Holocaust denier. So Levy immediately asks, "Well, like what?" And Ben says, "Well." you know they say 6 million jews were killed in the holocaust it's it's nowhere near that number it's nowhere near 6 million now as they begin gearing up to start sparring ben begins detailing <laughs> his fighting experience and this is this was to me fascinating because i thought first off i don't know how bright you are to be a holocaust denier Second, to think, you know what, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fight a UFC guy at his gym because and here's here's what I love. He says he's practiced karate and taekwondo for eight years, and even though he had never been in the octagon before, he said <laughs> <laughs> to, to Natan Levy, but I did play UFC four, the video game a lot. Ah, okay. Good. <laughs>
0: Okay. which is mm-hmm.
2: which is sort of like you know I've I've flown uh I've flown a lot of planes on my on my PC in my <laughs> bedroom so I'm pretty sure I can take this 747 up and and uh you know bring it down safely bring it down in a in a, in a safe and uh, responsible manner
0: <sighs>
2: precisely so Levy's listening to this and kind of nodding and finally says okay I promise not to hurt you too bad and then says, but a lesson needs to be taught here about trolling. Mm-hmm. Education is painful sometimes. And promised a classic case of, quote, F around and find out. <laughs> well, and this is all on, on YouTube. You can actually see the entire match in quotes on YouTube and see exactly what Ben had put himself into. And it's really important to point out that that that's exactly what happened. Nobody twisted Ben's arm to do this. It was his idea. He thought, this is going to be a great idea. I'm going to go take on this, this Natan Levy guy and, and show him what's what. Well, it didn't take long to establish that Ben is out of place because Levy immediately starts landing kicks to the body and punches to the face at will. Mm. And then instantly takes Ben down to the mat and puts him in a what they call a submission hold as everyone on the gym is cheering Levy on <laughs> Ben attempts to tap out Levy continues the hold the two get back on their feet but Levy quickly takes him down again and lands numerous punches to the face <laughs> and the body and during During this beatdown, Ben says, I'm sorry, out loud, to the amusement of the spectators. (laughs) (laughs) So not long after that round, Ben gets in front of the camera, and sure enough, his tune has suddenly changed. And he looks to the camera and he says, Yeah, six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. I guess I need to be more... Well researched, which I thought was an interesting, interesting term. Levy tells Ben that this time the beatdown wasn't that painful, but the next time he trolls online in defense of Nick Fuentes, it's gonna be a hell of a lot worse. Oof! Oof.
3: Now, normally I'm not the kind of guy who uh, thinks that the best way to settle an issue is with violence but in this case he he signed up for this he brought this on himself
2: yeah yeah that's that to me is is the real shallow end part of yeah. this is that is the ben could have just left well enough alone but to go out of his way to say to natan levy hey i want to come and spar with <laughs> you because i don't like i don't like the smack you're talking about nick fuentes i think mm. Yeah, I think most of us would have thought, you know, if you taunt the badger, you're going to lose a limb. If you poke the bear with (laughs) a stick, something bad is going to happen. And indeed, that's precisely what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So add to our long list of things we've cautioned listeners not to do. Don't rob banks. Um don't uh, yeah don't don't rob anybody, don't light things on fire, and for God's sake, don't challenge a UFC fighter to a cage match because it's not going to end well.
3: unless you are in fact a UFC
2: fighter yourself <laughs> yeah, that's very very different. Then you're in the club and yeah, you're a professional right. and yeah. you know what you're doing. part of the fraternity, you know what you're doing. yeah again, our email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We're going to be swimming in viewer emails. Uh, listener emails, subscriber emails next week. Appreciate you putting up with the uh, change in the regular format due to me being, well, actually, I'm a little hungover from all those vanilla cream well, puffs. yeah, you get that sugar crash going. That's nasty business. That'll take it out on a man, believe me. <laughs> I hope if I ever meet Natan Levy, the UFC fighter, that rather than challenge him to a cage match, I can just hand him a bag of fresh cream puffs. <laughs> and say, here's a little something for you, Nick. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Enjoy. Thanks for
3: hanging out with us, you guys. It's always important to remember to make good choices.
2: Because your life, and maybe even your cream puffs, could depend on it.
1: So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at ShallowEndPodcast.com. Okay, gotta go.